Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, believe it by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This ain't jump. This ain't slam. The name of this record is Bounce. All right, what's up, everybody? Jack Maloney here, Friendly Bounce, Hardwood Practice, and Basketball Network. We're doing our season preview podcast. Today we're going to talk about the Denver Nuggets. I'm joined by, by Matt Cianfrone and Taylor Smith, one of our new crew members for this year. So let's jump right into it, talking about Gary Harris. Uh, we put it out on Twitter. What should we talk about? Any, any questions about the Nuggets? And one that came up was, what does a successful season look like for Gary Harris? Uh, so obviously last year was pretty rough for him. Um, what, what does he have to do moving, this, moving forward this year to, to improve on, on what he did last season? Or what he didn't do last season? Not shoot 20% from three-point range would be a start. <laughs> but the thing, uh, like, it's going to be hard for him just to find playing time. It seems like they have a lot of kind of players who play a similar position to him. It says he played 13 minutes a game last year, which is kind of hard to believe because I remember zero things about <laughs> his season at all. But I liked him coming out of college, and I think he's one of the kind of interesting young guys on the team. It's just kind of hard to imagine his role just because they have kind of a log jam. So somehow playing 15 minutes a game, somehow finding that room for him, I guess would be a success, but yeah. I don't know. I really have no idea what to expect from that. <laughs> I mean, I yeah, think I, I think mean, that's I kinda, fair. I kind of agree with that. Like, you just you gotta get him like 15 minutes a game, and I know they just re-upped Will Barton, who they seem to like, and Gallo and Chandler are probably gonna play together at the two and the three at some point. Um, you know, maybe it means you take minutes from Randy Foy, who's a, a great vet who's done a lot of things for them. I mean, I remember when injuries hit a couple years ago, he was playing point guard for them, um, but you got to start playing young guys, and I think if Harris played, like like Taylor said, 15 minutes a night and makes 35% of his threes, I mean, that that's a real successful season for him. Yeah, I mean, he can't, he really can't be worse unless he just doesn't play. Um, like, you know, like Taylor said, I don't, I didn't watch, obviously, a ton of Nuggets games, but I also just, I don't really remember hearing his name, like, whatsoever. But yeah, I think playing, he only played 50, 54, 53 games, so playing every night would be the first step, playing consistent minutes, um, and yeah, he, I mean, he was known as a shooter coming out of college, and so if he, you know, improves from the three-point line, I think, yeah, like you guys have said, that's, that's a good first step, because it can't be worse than last year. Um, so obviously last year, the Nuggets... 30-52, and 52, 12th in the West. They lost Ty Lawson. Um, they gained Nick Johnson, Kostas Papanikolaou, Joey Dorsey in that trade. 
They re-signed, re-upped uh, Gallo, re-upped Wilson Chandler, picked up Darrell Arthur. Um, they kept Jameer Nelson around, and then obviously Emmanuel Moutier uh, in the draft. What are you guys thinking about Moutier? I, I really liked him in Summer League. Of course, obviously, it's it's just Summer League, but I thought he was great in the first you know extended action I saw him play. But I really liked him. Yeah, I mean, that was like the first that pretty much any of us had really seen him, uh, just other than random highlights from China. But I really liked him, too. And it was kind of the point where I was jumping on the Rookie of the Year bandwagon immediately, despite it just being Summer League. But he could get a ton of uh, playing time. Yeah. Uh, he should just have a huge role, and I think he can thrive in that as long as his teammates around can make some shots. He could... Uh, give that team a personality that they don't really have at the moment. Yeah, I mean, I was, I was definitely going to echo really impressed with this summer league, and especially his feel and, and, like, the pick and roll and things. And, you know, for all of their flaws, you know, Kenneth, or all of his flaws, Kenneth Reed's a really nice role man on the pick and roll. I mean, he's explosive. He'll go up through contact, you know, and, and finish at the rim. So, you let him just play off for and, and Yusuf Nurkic, um, and he should be pretty good. I mean, he's going to get the opportunity. I think Tamir Nelson really kind of bought into that role as the vet willing to sit to come off the bench and, and teach. So he's going to get chances. You know, there's going to be mistakes, but I think we're going to see a lot of highlights from him this year, and he's got a chance to be, to be special at some point. Yeah, I... I really liked, obviously, as I said, um, in summer league, and especially that that passing aspect. That I guess they kind of assumed he was a sh- more of a shooting guard, not having seen him. But I mean, he he can pass. He has a vision, and I think, you know, bringing back Jameer Nelson was kind of confusing in some ways, because like, why are you re-signing a vet when you're going to be fairly bad? But I mean, that's that's a guy who's played a lot of years on playoff teams. Um, he was on that Finals Magic team. He's been around. Like That's that's a good guy for Moutier to learn under. Um, and then Randy Foy as well. Not also not a point guard, but you know, that's two veterans in the backcourt that can that can kind of tutor Moutier and, and lead him along on his rookie season. So he's not just out there with with a bunch of young another out there with another bunch of young guys. Um, who are just kind of trying to find their way. They have, they have people to show them the ropes, and I think that's something that gets overlooked sometimes, but is important for for young for young guys to have that vet to look up to. It's kind of like uh, last year the Magic had Luke Ridnour. Mm-hmm. Was that last year? Yeah, right. Luke Ridnour and Willie uh, yeah. Green. You know, just random Ben Gordon, random veteran guys that kind of seem like weird fits in this team, but. I suppose in the locker room they can help out a young guy like that and kind of just teach him the way to play and how to be. And that must be the reason. I mean, plus they don't really have any other point guards on the roster. It's like Eric Green. Yeah. Who's Eric Green? I'm so. not entirely. Yeah, I, I've, never, I've never been that impressed by Eric Green um, <laughs> at all. But, you know, and I think you hit it on the head with Nelson, but I, I really think Randy Foy is going to be huge in the locker room for this team. I remember a couple years ago when they were, you know, when everything really started to go bad and they were, like, losing to the Sixers in, in January and, 
getting beat by 40 by I don't even remember who, um, you know, Boy had kind of become the guy that the fans all turned on because he was being asked to play point guard while Ty Lawson was hurt and things like that, and yet he always handled it so well. Um, in the media, just in the locker room, came out, did whatever he was asked of, and I think having guys like that and, and Nelson, who's been through, like you said, Jack, a ton of situations, uh, to kind of teach him and, and show him the ropes as things get tough is it, a great move by Denver. Although I do think they trade Foy around the deadline to some contender because teams are always looking for shooting. Yeah. Um, so we mentioned uh, Danilo Gallinari a little bit. Um, Today, well, when we're recording this, you won't hear it for a while, but earlier today he had, he had some big shots for for Italy in Eurobasket. Uh, he's been great in Eurobasket. He was great the last few months of last season, and they they extended him um, earlier this summer to two-year extension to keep him around until 2018. And it's sort of you know an interesting move in that they're they're not going to be great, but with Gallinari around, you know, they they kind of make themselves into that that middle of the pack in the Western Conference, not going to make the playoffs, but not bad enough to, to get a fifth pick. You know, what, Matt, you've had some experience covering the team. What is, what's sort of the idea behind that, do you think, into, you know, it's an interesting decision almost like the Bucks have been the past few years um, what are your thoughts on Gallo and keeping him around on, on this group yeah you know it's weird because first of all we don't get to this situation I don't think if Gallo doesn't ever get hurt in the first place like the Nuggets stunk the last couple of years because everything exploded when you know Steph Curry caught fire and the Warriors really had that first kind of coming out playoff series and beat Denver and then after that, George Carl gets fired and Andre Godala leaves and everything kind of went downhill. Um, and so I think part of it's kind of Gallo was the prize of the, the Carmelo Anthony trade and you try to build around him and, and he's done so much and he's really a fan favorite. Fans love Gallo. Um, and part of it's just that the Nuggets owners, the Cronkies, I think just want this team to be semi-competitive after football season ends. Um, you know, there are some really, really great Nuggets fans out there. I, I had great relationships with a lot of people when I was covering the team, but a lot of Denver just doesn't care about the Nuggets until the Broncos' are, our season is over. Um, so I got to assume the Cronkites are just hoping that, uh, you know, the Nuggets are semi-competitive, maybe fighting in that kind of ninth-tenth spot in the Western Conference playoffs. Um, when the Broncos season ends and you get some excitement and bring some people into the building and Gallo and Wilson Chandler, you know, help you do that. that that's my guess because, like you said, it doesn't really make much sense otherwise to just build a team that's going to be stuck in that ninth and 10th spot because Gallo and Chandler are just too good to make you horrendous. I guess it kind of helps with stability a little bit. You know, they traded Ty Lawson couple months ago, and that was pretty much the face of the franchise before that, and Melo before that, and Gallo, he's still really young, like we were saying, we have talked about this before, but he just turned 27 last month, it's kind of hard to believe, so he's still yeah. a young-ish player, who's got still some upside, he might have lost a step in the ACL and stuff, but he showed, like Jack was saying, toward the end of last season, that he's still capable of being an upper-level 
shooter and a wing player. Um, you know, I just kind of think it helps keep them semi-relevant. It is a little weird, like uh, Matt was saying, about how they might not be bad enough to fully tank and get another superstar, but I guess part of it's just to keep people interested and make sure they're not losing 60 games a year and totally botting it out. Yeah. And, you know, the community just totally losing interest in yeah, that's, I mean, that's fair, and like we've seen with, you know, obviously it's not always going to work, but the Bucks, the Bucks have turned things around without, you know, they bottomed out that one year, and now the Nuggets did it this year and got Moutier, so, you know, if Moutier, if you hit on Moutier and he's a superstar, um, you know, you're right back into the into the mix if you keep Gallo around, whereas... If you get rid of Gallo and then Moutier turns into a superstar, where you left with is that you're still just going to be pretty bad. Um, and so trying to build through the middle, I mean, it's not, it's a crapshoot no matter what you try to do when you're trying to build a contender, but uh, you have Gallo, he's a, a great player, you might as well keep him around um, <clears throat> just to see where it goes. You know, a two-year extension doesn't really kill you long long term either way um, so I mean when he's when he's beloved in the city um, and the team and he's a great player still capable of of scoring in bunches I mean, you know he had two 40 point games um, the last few months of last season so that's a good a good guy to have around obviously uh, last you know a few more minutes before we wrap things up there let's talk about their big man rotation um, because it's Kind of odd. So they have kind of three, J.J. Hickson, and then they picked up Darrell Arthur. Um, and then you have Yusef Nurkic. is really like their only... I mean, they have Nikola Jokic and jo Joey Dorsey, but I can't see them playing big minutes. So you got Nurkic as, as your center, but really no backup, and they're probably going to have to go small um, a lot of times. What do you see panning out with that, that rotation up front? Like you said, they, they have to go small at times because to get Wilson Chandler and Gallo on the floor together, you know, it, it's most successful when one of them's at the four. So you're going to have that at points. Uh, and those are your two best players, I think, right now. So you have to play them together. Um, so that's part of it. But I think I remember hearing they're high on uh, Nikola Jokic uh, as, like, a backup center. But I'm really not sure, like, they have to find some defensive combination with Kenneth Fareed that's going to work because they're tied into him long-term now yeah. for a fair amount of money. And basically outside of Timothy Mozgov and, and Darrell Arthur, actually, there's really not many combinations with Fareed that are even competent defensively. Um, so I think Arthur's got to get some minutes because he's really the only power forward that can defend right now. Um, you got to get... Gallo, some minutes of power forward. It's going to be really weird to see what they do. Yeah, that, I feel like that's just the theme for the Nuggets. It's going to be really weird. <laughs> yeah, and Wilson Chandler is another guy that shoots the minutes of four just because they're so short in the front court. If Nurkic isn't ready to start uh, at the beginning of the year. And I think that's another one of those guys that be a cornerstone type going forward. He showed some signs once they traded Moscow. Last year he was pretty skilled offensively, but he's you know, 
know, obviously he's still got a long way to go before he's anything super reliable. But J.J. Hickson still being there is kind of a drag, and Kenneth Fareed had some drama last season. Like, he hated them, and they hated him, and he was just kind of going through the motions for at least, like, the first half of the year until they canned Brian, or, uh, Brian Shaw. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. it's going to be strange, for sure. The way they've handled Fareed in general is so bizarre because, you know, and he's a really good player to have in a good team, but I'm not sure he's a guy you want on a bad team because of how limited he is. Right. Uh, but, I mean, I remember when Brian Shaw was first hired, like, they were trying to post up Kenneth Fareed a bunch, <laughs> and he got better at it, but it was still bad. You know, he still can't defend at this point in his NBA career. He's argued with people. I know he's not a great guy with the media, like, it's just really bizarre how he's been handled. And I think eventually he ends up out of Denver somehow. Um, but I do know if, if Kenneth Fareed and J.J. Hickson start the year because uh, Nurkic isn't ready yet, uh, if they start the year as a starting four and five, I'm going to start you know some type of movement that we don't post any Nuggets highlights because <laughs> no one should have to watch that. Um, it's, it's literally like not even NBA basketball. It's so bad. <laughs> could get really clogged in there too like uh Bree can't shoot obviously Hickson can't shoot Thrill Arthur thinks he can shoot but he can't shoot uh you know we don't know if Moutier can shoot I think that was one of the knocks on him is that he might not be able to shoot he's kind of a penetrating athletic type so other than Gallo and Chandler and Foy and maybe Gary Harris if he can shoot 20% shooter last year <laughs> it could be just a really muddled and disgusting looking offense along with a horrible defense might be really bad by accident. Yeah, uh, that's a good segue as we wrap things up. They were 30 and 52 last year, 12th in the West. Where do you guys see them? Do you see them moving up or down? Obviously, they've lost Lawson, and so that's going to hurt, but they're getting Gallo back healthy. Are they? Do they finish worse or better than, than 12th in the West? Uh, I'll say same. I mean, I can't imagine them being worse than the Kings. Oh, I don't know about the Kings. The Kings are like a total wild card. They could either be somewhat okay or really horrible, but uh, they're better than the Lakers and the Timberwolves, I think, at least. So, I don't think they're better necessarily the teams above them. Portland's another wild card, so I'll just say somewhere around 30 wins again and 12th and 11th in the West, something like that. Yeah, I think, I kind of think the same way. They may, like, their record may be worse, and they may finish behind, yeah, like, the Kings maybe um, this year and drop a place, but I think that they can still have a successful season if they do that. Like, I, they, they probably are going to be better this year just because Dallas is going to be healthy. You have some stability with the, with the new head coach, and he should improve the defense, but the West is just better this year, teams are going to be healthier, uh, like the Thunder, the, the Pelicans, hopefully, you're just going to have teams healthier, and, you know, Denver's not going to steal those games that they may have last year, but I think as long as they show some type of competent defense and Gallo stays healthy and Moutier gets some good run, uh, they should actually look at the season as, as a success, because... You know, it can't be all about wins and losses for everybody, and a team like Denver especially. Like, they've just got to be, uh, you know, stable and, and show some improvement from the young guys. Perfect. I think that's 
that's a good way to close it. Thanks for uh, thanks for joining me, Matt and Taylor, covering the Nuggets. Uh, this is the most anyone has, any of us have talked about the Nuggets in the last three years. But uh, yeah, it should be a very interesting season. Fun to see what happens with Moutier and Gallo. Here's our boy DJ Las Latino playing us out. Thanks for joining us, everybody. Friendly Bounce Podcast, Hardwood Prices and Basketball Network. Peace. This ain't jump, this ain't slam. The name of this record is Bounce. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.